Hi guys, welcome back to Let's Talk Ethnic. Um, so today is episode two of our podcast where we will be discussing institutional racism within work and education. Um, so before we get started and before we start talking about it, um, first and foremost, we just want to mention that we fully support the Black Lives Matter movement and what's happened over the past couple of weeks shows that racism is still very alive. But the difference now is that it's been recorded. And so our thoughts go out to George Floyd's family during this difficult time um, and all those who are suffering from racism and oppression. You know, for me, it's so sad to see that all of this is still ongoing and it's, things like this are still happening. Because um, when you think back to when people were fighting for their rights in America, you think it was so long ago, but it generally wasn't. It was literally like 60 years ago. And it's so mm-hmm. crazy to think that we think that there's been so much change and where there has been a little change, it just makes you think everything that's happened, have we really come that far and has there been that much change or has racism just got a different face? I think it's just, it's a lot more, I think we see it now, like before we might not have seen it, but now I think social media does have such a big impact and we seem to underestimate that. Like what you're saying, it gets filmed now. That's so true. This is just what we're seeing on video. There's mm. probably thousands more um, occurrences that we don't see because they're not recorded. And it's quite sad when you think of it. Yeah, I mean, um, it made me really upset. And, like, just really sad that when I saw the video and uh, these protests taking place, I mean, I saw videos of other young black men, women, and other people from lots of different areas and parts of the world saying, oh, why are you so passionate about the movement and why, why do you, what do you think needs to happen? Or like, why are you here today? When they, when they were asking protesters, why are they protesting? And like, lots of them said that could have been me and that really like hit a nerve and it could, and it could be anyone. And that's the point. I think the protests show that the anger and frustration felt by people from all over the world, from people who are constantly facing racism and how we had enough of institutional and structural racism. But I hope the movement, like we're talking about it right now, I I hope that we can channel our energy and frustration and anger into some positive outcomes and change things for good and achieve change on a whole systemic level so that these things don't happen. Because that's what needs to happen now. We can't be coming back to this situation every year, every 10 years, every five years. I mean, I don't want to be in 20 years' time talking about the same things, talking about the same problems. I mean, we want to see real change right now. And for that to happen right now, we need to really challenge people in power and hold them to account. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, as well, people who are confused about why this is still, like, going on, why, like, all, all lives matter, people, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> don't get me started they they just don't they just don't get it like they like i just don't get it like how do you not see that they are literally like they are being killed like daily yeah they are being killed daily they're facing racism not just with you know they're not just like suffering from police brutal- police brutality okay they're not they literally face like a lot of people are facing racism like everywhere during their daily lives with work in education just literally just walking down the street like it's mm. not just it's not just where you are seeing it and there's so many people like 
um, criticizing the movement because they feel like they're not being included. You're not being included because mm-hmm. you're not suffering like like people who are literally being killed daily because of the color of their skin tone. Like you need to, people need to start being like educating themselves and just listening and just listening and just forgetting about their opinion for one minute just so they can listen and just put them. No, you can't physically put yourself in their shoes. No. You just can't. But you just need to try and understand. You just need to try and see another point of view. And just raise awareness as much as you can. Um, and I think it's just crazy. Like, we planned this episode um, quite a long... Like, quite a while ago. And the fact, you know, it fit... like Perfect oh, timing. Yeah, it was genuinely, like, perfect timing. Like, to us, we wanted to um, speak about it because it was something that's so relevant. And we thought it is, like, um, and something that's still occurring in the world. But the fact that it's kind of fallen into this week where, like, the current climate of the world is literally fighting against this mm-hmm. so i think that it is like it is good time for us to discuss this um but yeah we we want we do want to thank everyone who sent in um their experiences with institutional racism whether it was during work or um education um and also the feedback that everyone gave last week as well um thank you very much for that thank you um yeah so you know when it comes to institutional racism within work and education um i feel like majority if not most almost everyone has experienced something mm. um whether you know us guys and our community and anyone who's subject to racism has felt it in some type of way um I don't know. In in school, I don't think I experienced much. Um, I think because I was in a like, quite an ethnic, um, multicultural multicultural school, yeah. school, so I don't think it was that bad. I mean, in primary school, I don't think I experienced anything. But I think um, there might have been like little things where like you might feel your teacher treats you different or something like that. But then again, is it the case of us just assuming that they? sort of treating us differently because of our colour our skin or, or religion or whatever um whatever it might be so I don't know it it tends to lean towards workplace I think because when I've worked I've been a bit older so my eyes have been yeah. open a bit more to racism so in school I haven't felt that I was being like racially targeted or anything like that actually I tell a lie because I just remember something <laughs> when I first started year seven um Obviously, my primary school, it, did, it was predominantly white, but I never, like I said, I never experienced anything. My first day of um, high school, I started to wear a headscarf. So I went to the group of people that I used to chill with in primary school, first day of year seven, and one of the boys said to me, what is that on your head? Yeah. And I think since then, I just, like, stopped chilling with that group. But I think that's the first time I experienced, like, anything of that nature. But I didn't think too much of it. Um, but then, obviously, when I come back home and told my family, they were like, yeah, you need to go. But um, I think that's the only thing I've actually experienced in high school. Yeah. For you. Yeah, I feel like with me, I went to a school that was like I when I first started high school, it just started to become a bit more multicultural. Like mm. before that, I was like very predominantly white. Mm. It's in a predominantly white area, um, and some parts of that area are quite affluent as well. So when I started going to school, it was kind of starting to become mixed. So I feel like I personally can't say that I've experienced racism in the school. I feel like I've definitely experienced ignorance. Mm. Um, And a lot of my friends who are not ethnic, they obviously probably have never been friends with an ethnic person before. So I feel like they kind of 
they 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 weren't bad honestly they did like they were willing to like learn and you know be open to whatever you know we had to say and like i don't think majority of my friends ever met a muslim person before either mm. and you know they used to ask questions but it was never like like what you said what is that on your head like in the set, like if, if we were to talk about why we're fasting and that they just used to accept him like okay you know they, not even water <laughs> <laughs> but um one thing that I used to find <laughs> in school that really, really annoys me is um, when I used to go into, when I obviously used to have like the registered and used to call out my name, I remember the teachers not being able to pronounce my name. I think my name is actually really easy to it pronounce. Is, yeah. It's six letters. The first letter is <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Like if you get it wrong, maybe Sam. Aya. Yeah. yeah. But I just don't understand where you can get anything else wrong. But anyway, so the teachers, they some, some of the teachers would get my name wrong. And when I'd correct them, they would just result to calling me Sam straight away. And that used to really annoy me, and it still annoys me to this day. If you don't know me personally, and you and you are not, like, an ethnic person, so basically someone who does not understand the background of my name, the origin of my name, where, you know, like, where my name comes from, I don't think you have a right to shorten my name just because you are ignorant, lazy. Yeah, you just want to make it easier for yourself. You want to... Like, I don't mind my friends and, you know, my family calling me Sam. Like, mm. that's what majority of people call me. But that's because you're not... You you know how to say my name. You mm. know where my name comes from. You're not dismissing that whole... Like, that is literally the... Li- that's my label, yeah. my name, right? But in school, they yeah. used to do that because they wanted to shorten to their preference. And that really used to annoy me. And I used to, literally used to tell them straight up, don't call me that. Call, mm. call me by my name. Um... So, and they spoke, whoa, like, no, it's not whoa, <laughs> it's simple, like, but it just, yeah. it just, like, that's, that's so important though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, that is who I am, you, you may not have met someone by that name before, and that's fine, it's mm. not a difficult name to pronounce, and I haven't told you, oh, you can just call me Sam, you have to call me by my name, because that is who I am, yeah, and also, <laughs> when I introduce myself, sometimes when yeah. I used to introduce myself, or even to this day, I say, oh, hi, my name's Samia, and they're like, oh, that's an odd name, <laughs> odd, I mean, oh odd, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They never even used to shorten my name. They just but wouldn't I think even that's attempt interesting, it. <laughs> Literally, just whatever would come out of their mouth. I'd hear, I've had Munraya, Munaray, like Mun- <laughs> I've had everything. And you know what? The thing is, I don't think I ever used to correct teachers. I think I just let it, yeah, it is what it is to say it. Because they'll, okay, they might get it, that, get it right that time because I've told them, but chances are, next time they say my name in the register or whatever, they're not even going to attempt to say it. Like, the correct way so i just gave up to be honest i just called me whatever see like it really used to annoy me and it still annoys me to this day and people who um respect respect me enough to actually say my name fully like a non-ethnic person or someone who doesn't know me like i genuinely like it actually like i respect that that they respect me like no shan i mean what's what's what have you faced anything like in school or anything like that like what do you think about it (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, I fully get your points about the day. I think, I think in school, the amount of people that got my name wrong and still do. To be honest, it, like, I don't really, like, get, think of anything because I'm like, well, they just can't say it. I'm like, I don't mind when people show it. But I know it's, like, really important to understand, like, and it's whatever you feel comfortable with at the, at the end of the day because your name is really important to you. And it's like, you can't have people take that away, show it in an air, come up with whatever they want because it's part of your identity. So, like... I completely get when when people get when you have your name and like people shorten it and, and you're just like you don't mm-hmm. want them to use that. And I know like not everyone is as like confident and like proper 
upfront as you guys are. I'm like, I know it's someone and someone's name. I'm like, they don't like it, but they're just too shy to say. And mm. it's like those people are like, it's like okay, just so think about if you're in a position and you like you're really shy and like you don't, you don't want to correct someone. Like I would say to the other person, not the person with the name, but like think about. Always ask someone what do they prefer to be called because that's really mm-hmm. important. And like we all have our names, and we want to be called what we want because it's part of our identity. I mean, like my name has been like shortened to all sorts, which I, I really, I really don't mind. I, I, to be honest, it makes it really interesting. But like that's me, that's my personal opinion. But like mm. your name is really important, and it's like part of your identity. So I, I completely get it, though. Like when when people shorten it, and how annoying that can be. Yeah, it's just it just shows that they're just not even attempting to like get to know not even get to know you but like even attempting something that like to get to know something that's a part of you and that's I think what the part that annoyed me like you can't make my name to some preference that you want all of a sudden because you just can't be bothered saying it or listening to like the correct version of it um so I feel like a lot of people probably do face like these little microaggressions throughout their school life and even um and I feel like it probably does start off like really young because obviously you're not born racist. We've all heard this. You're not born racist. You're, you learn, to, you learn to become mm. racist, you know, from your surroundings, from all the influences and all the influences around you. And I think that's how, um, that's how it begins. And, you know, it could begin as early as like primary school because that's when you start like learning about like, life and society and everything like that so I feel like it generally could start as early as that or even you know high school like that's when you start to become your own self but yeah it's so clear though that there's a issue with racism in education in Wales and like and in the UK I mean like I know our topic today is institutional racism in education and the workplace and like Maybe for some people they don't they don't know that it's a massive problem. I mean, like if you grew up in a multicultural place and like you've never heard those views, you might think it's not a problem, but it so is. I mean, like even for the past week, we were asked people if they could share their experiences with us, and like I want to share one of them today. And like thank you for like telling us your stories because it's really powerful and impactful and shows how much of a problem like for certain, like people it is. And like this, the person that shared this, they. The story began when they left a more multicultural primary school to go to a predominantly white primary school. Um, they, they just started year four, and she was with a group of her new classmates, and a white student looked at her, then looked at another Bengali student, then looked back at her and said to the Bengali girl, oh, look, there's finally someone darker than in our class. And I was like... It, it 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 didn't even shock me, but it was like just even upsetting to hear because mm. they talked about how they didn't even know or see race at the time. They didn't know what was going on, and only when they grew a bit older, they understood like what what it was, what racism is. And that these are people in primary school having these views that early at such an early age. It's just really sad and upsetting to see. And it's like there is racism in education. And if you don't like, if you think that's not true, I mean. A report recently published this week by the charity Show Racism Right Card. I I urge you to go read that report, like and educate yourself on the the vast problems of racism in our schools right here in Wales. I mean, it's a fifty page report and it talks about so many experiences and like so many incidents where racism 
was is so alive in our schools today. I mean, it's that one in four teachers and teaching assistants told show racism a red card. They had come across a racism a racist incident in a school in the last twelve months. One in four. That is a shocking number to see. Mm. And there were attitudes from anti-Muslim to a negative attitude to Christianity also recorded. I mean, it's just like it was incredible the amount of responses and people having these sorts of experiences. I mean, like it said on the report, a primary school child was overheard saying they wouldn't want to sit next to a black man on a bus. I mean, mm. that is a primary school kid. I mean, if you don't tackle it at that age, you're going to grow up with those attitudes. I mean, like it's such an issue and I don't, and it's not just from this report. I mean, from us speaking to people, from us people sending us in. I mean, I only shared one little incident, but like from people we've spoken to, their kids, their parents, every time they go to the school, they feel treated differently. They experience some sort of incident. They feel unfairly expelled from schools. And like getting expelled from school is like shown by research and statistics. Like it's the start to where you won't get employment, better opportunities and be able to further go on with your life, I think. This is such a massive issue, and like I just want people to realize, like in Wales, it's full, fully well and alive. And if you think these things are not happening here, I think you should fully go and read that show race mm-hmm. in the red card report, and also listen to people who people, talk to people who went to school with you who are from minority backgrounds. Talk to them. I'm sure they'll tell you what kind of experience they had. I mean, we will hold that. We just shared an experience with our names where we didn't feel comfortable. From, for teacher shortening or calling out and, and we just didn't like it. And I think there's, there's incidents worse than that. And there's things people said, and those things are happening right here in Wales. And I think it's such a massive issue. And I think we, we have a big job and challenge on our hands to tackle that. I mean, when you, I know like people shared other experiences of employment and education with you as well, I think, and, and you agree with me, there's so much more to do. Yeah. And um, I think, do you know what it is? Just to quickly go back to um, what you said about schools, I think it's whatever ideologies parents yeah. embed into their children from yeah. early. I mean, if if you're openly racist and you discuss it in front of your children whilst they are young, I'm sorry, but they're just going to grow up with the exact same ideologies mm. that you've got, um, which is a shame, but it does happen. I mean, we can't say that it doesn't. Um, this girl tweeted that... Um, in her workplace, the receptionist was trying to tell her that there's, there's a milk shortage in the building. And um, she asked her to let everyone in the office know. And then one of her white colleagues replied to her and said, a milk so- shortage? What is this, Somalia? And I was so shocked, literally. Oh, my I was, I God. So see. But you know what? It's, it is sad because it happens a lot more than we think. We always see these threads on social media of people um, telling their stories and what they've experienced. I mean... Um, I I don't know. I've experienced. I I don't know if I want to call it racism because unfair treatment. That's it towards you towards me, which I assume it's because of my color skin color. Um, I wouldn't like to assume that, but do you know what it is? People Let's say be um, real in it. Yeah, people say like you're quick to pull out the, the racism race card. race card, but that's just the first thing you think of straight yeah. away. Because people... and that totally undermines your experience, innit? Yeah, exactly. Um, I also had someone. I mean, send... like, it makes you feel like it's not important. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a woman who sent me in uh, one of her experiences, actually really sad. Um, So she's a Bengali woman and she was a hijab. Um, and it was, she used to work in a kind of a smallish office and she was, she used to say that she was a really hard worker. She was always going the extra mile for her employer. Um, and ultimately she was promised a promotion time and time again, but instead it was always given to someone else. Um, and they were white um and even people she trained so she trained people but they would get the promotion over her so she's more experienced and she's so experienced to the point where she can train people but they were still getting the promotions over and over again Mm. so then she started questioning her ability and what who she is as a person and you know to get to not be able to get that role um so she had a conversation with a, uh, someone she knows um in a senior role um and this person doesn't wear hijab and that person in the senior role spoke to the manager and they she basically asked them would i have gotten the senior role if i wore a hijab and the manager said if i'm honest no how like how does a religious like piece of clothing stop you from getting a senior role like if you can if you work hard enough to get that role like a hijab should not stop the manager from like they shouldn't think twice just because you're you're wearing a hijab like like what you're trying to keep up appearance like appearance Mm. of the company like what face are you trying to show the company like that really like it's just it's just so crazy that that's the type of thing that still happens to this day like and these are the same companies that would put out are oh, we employed di- yeah we, we are yeah. we have a diverse you know that's like blind cvs as well in it like you, when you don't have to put your name um your background religion race gender um because you don't want to be treated different when it comes to employment but then do you know what i think when it comes to that um Say, for example, you pass, you pass the first stage, they've read your CV, whatever, they like you based on your experiences. Um, when it comes to the interview and they then see you, that see that you're a person of colour or you're wearing a headscarf, whatever it is, imagine, like, it's it's hard because if they don't employ you oh then, you don't know if it's because you flopped the interview or because they've seen who you really are. I know. You literally just reminded me of something. Mm. My cousin, she actually tra- she was applying to... Um, a manager role in an actually very well-known company in mm. Cardiff. I'm not going to say where. And when she actually went to her interview, they literally said to her, this is so weird, they literally said to her, oh, we thought you were going to be mixed race. <laughs> they literally, I'm not kidding you, they said that to her. Oh, oh wow. How are you thinking about someone's race before they come? That is, that's <laughs> like, You should look yeah. at her skills. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, look, like what you guys just said, I mean, it, it, I, these are just few experiences that we've been able to talk about i mean like we can't talk about every single thing because that'll just take us years and like it's just it's so real and like some people think that these things don't happen and like uh everything is fine we're a really progressive country or whatever like those are just like blank statements because they're people with real experiences who had going to in schools or in in employment where they face straight up discrimination or straight up racism and like when when people undermine, like you guys said, oh, they were using the race card, that completely undermines their experience of mm. what they've been through. And like, it just completely shuts them down. I think it's really important. And I think I don't want us to talk about these issues. And like, we don't want to overwhelm people because what we want to do is like 
leave you guys Food with full of hope about challenge channeling your frustration anger and like if and your agitation to take action i mean like for example like us me Manira, and sam like work with citizens uh Cumbria, wales um on organizing and we do an action on employment where we talk with businesses and employers to tackle um this um discrimination in the workplace so we ask employment employers to do name and address blind uh, applications so like you know for a fact that if your application doesn't get through if you if you apply they won't look at your name or address because we've seen that hearing people's first-hand stories that they felt that they're foreign sounding name i mean i'm from my name's narishan and i'm from sri lanka and like if you see that name like you'll know that like you would you realize that i'm not white or whatever it's like mm-hmm. making sure it's important that um it's uh, we we tackle like that that problem and it's like blanked out so that's one thing we actually also ask employers to do unconscious like bias training where anyone who's in that recruiter position like goes through that t- training so that they know their own biases because at the end of the day we all have biases and it's about knowing and being aware of them to tackle mm-hmm. it and the other is paying the real living wage which is about pay everyone a decent wage and give everyone that opportunity. I mean, and we've had another action on schools recently because we've done some other listening where predicted grades has become an issue where uh, young people and parents are worried that people from protected characteristics, people who are protected characteristics and come from disadvantaged backgrounds mm. feel their grades won't be predicted what they would have got in an exam. So we did an action. We're doing an action on that. And it's these things where we broke down where you think looking at structural racism is such a massive issue how do you tackle it like us three and working with other people have broken these issues down to take action because we mm. know that we want to do something about this issue and we don't want to just leave it at that i mean like if and if you guys want to get involved or find out more about what we do please do get in touch just dm us send us a message or if you if you have to send us an email but like just get in touch if you want to get in, in touch with about taking action if you feel overwhelmed and want to do something do please get in touch that's me yeah i mean if if no one's sort of raising their voice and trying to overcome this i think is is done by us all coming together and trying to overcome it but it won't be something that happens overnight um so like norishan said if you do want to get involved with that movement that we've got going on be sure to get in touch with us <clears throat> Yeah, just DM us or, like I said before, email us if you really want to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that brings us towards the um, end of our, well, the episode episode two of the podcast. Um, so I feel like that was a really interesting topic to discuss. And um, I think we did feel like it was something definitely worth mentioning. So next week's um, episode is going to be about what well, the title is lack of women in senior roles within the workplace. So that's going to be a good one. And we're actually going to have a guest on as well to speak with us and kind of just give their thoughts and opinions and discuss this with us. So that's it for today. Um, if you want to give us any feedback again, just DM us um, and let us know or if you have any thoughts about anything that was discussed just dm us and let us know but until then goodbye from us bye 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 guys